Today, I will not stress over the things I cannot control. If you live with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health is here to help you manage your symptoms so you can live your best life. Visit eehealth.org anxiety, and our experts will connect you with treatment in your area, including our location in Hinsdale. Help for anxiety and depression close to home. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side of Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. Uh, today's guest is going to be former Cubbies crib writer and current contributor to Cubs insider, William Chase. We're very excited to have him on the show. There's not a whole lot of Cubs news right now, but there is some stuff to talk about, as well as some baseball stuff. You know, the World Series is going on right now, so... That's always something to talk about, no matter what baseball show you're on. The World Series is the World Series. Uh, first, let's welcome in our guest, William. How are you doing today? Hey, good. How are you? Oh, I am doing fantastic. And I guess I'll ask how my co-host is doing. How are you doing, Adam? Oh, I'm all right. I, I tried Brussels sprouts on a burger tonight, and I regret it. What the hell is wrong with you? Couldn't even, really? couldn't even finish it. I tried things, yeah. Look, yeah, I would I, eat Brussels sprouts uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I like I Brussels admit, sprouts if they're prepared okay, admit, but not on a burger. Yeah, but it's like, like bacon mayo. and uh, it, it sounded good, but it didn't, didn't work. Yeah, nope. it's sitting here right beside me. It's, it's going to go in the trash after this show. Well, Brussels sprouts off. I'm very sorry to hear that. That is uh, tragic, but um, yeah, yes. R.I.P. Burger that didn't get eaten. Oh, well. So there's one kind of thing that a lot of Cubs fans are talking about right now. I guess it's the closest thing to news, and that's the whole thing with former Yankee skipper Joe Girardi. Apparently, there was a report saying that he was going to wait out this season, this upcoming 2019 season, and wait for availability in Chicago uh, to manage again. Now, I can't remember exactly what was said. Maybe you guys know more, but it, to me, it sounds like he'd be interested in potentially managing the Cubs, unless he means the White Sox. But I feel like right now, it sounds like it would be the Cubs because this would be the last uh, year on Joe Mann's deal coming up. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that is. Uh, Personally, I don't, I just, Joe, Joe Girardi. Yeah. He's a veteran guy. Yeah. He's managed a world series. Yeah. The basic peripherals, I guess, look okay, but the kind of managing style and the fact that he was let go by a Yankees team that was one win away from a world series a year ago. I don't know if it's exactly the right fit here. I I just, I don't know. Um, I'm a little iffy on that one. What's uh, Will, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I've always liked Girardi. I've always thought he was kind of underappreciated in New York. And, I mean, you bring up the World Series thing last year, or almost getting to the World Series. I mean, that's the perfect example. The fact that, I mean, he, he did have a blunder in the first round against the Indians in 2017 where 
he was pretty much fired, you know, from Twitter and everybody as far as, you know, he would be gone. But then they somehow got past the Indians. They got to the ALCS. They almost got to the World Series. I just feel like, you know, in New York, he never had the greatest rosters except for a few years in 09 when they won the World Series. And I always thought he would be the future manager of the Cubs because he has the Northwestern Chicago ties. He's a former Cub. I thought, you know, he would be a perfect guy down the road. The thing about him is he's uh, kind of an old-school guy. Um, right, that's the thing. baseball mentality. And I don't know. We just saw Theo with the whole Chili Davis situation as far as kind of a difference in philosophy, a difference in how they got along with the players. It, I mean, Girardi's going to have to adapt no matter who he might manage for again, and I think he will manage again because he's still relatively young. He still wants to manage. Um, I just think he's going to have to be more open-minded, whether it's to the analytics or – Whatever the situation is, I mean, you know, look at Ryan Gardenhire. I don't, I, I don't know exactly with Gardenhire in Detroit uh, how into analytics he is, but you know, he's an old school guy anyway. So I mean, I feel like if he can manage again, it, although record aside this year, um, I just feel like Girardi. I think he'd be a good fit in Chicago. I mean, I think he could be a good fit in Chicago. In general, I think he'd be a good fit for the right team somewhere in baseball. Um, I would be open to it, but he would have to obviously kind of uh, be more open-minded to analytics, and they'd have to have a good. It'd have to be, it'd have to be a good fit, obviously. Yeah, I think that was very well said. I can agree with a lot of points there, Adam. What's your take? I I like the guy. You know, like you said, getting let go uh, after nearly getting to the World Series. But I don't know. I I don't know if that has as much to do with him as it does with the Yankees. I always kind of got the impression that the Yankees were like uh, the Texas Longhorns of baseball, where if they're not competing for a championship every single year, then that's not good enough. And so I I don't know if it had more to do with him personally or if the Yankees just thought that he couldn't get them over the hump again. But, you know, I I like him. I like his style. Uh, I think the Cubs would be much better off trying to extend Madden uh, once his contract is up, that's that's what I would prefer to see. But, I agree. I want to but if that doesn't, well. if, if if Madden doesn't come back, then I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing Girardi as their manager. I think that could work. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing to just look at the fact that we don't really know what's going to happen with Joe Madden. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, he's got one more year left, so. Talking about replacements, in my opinion, I think is a little premature right now because we still have to get through one year. I know it's risky doing the whole lame duck thing with a manager. I, I know that's that's the case that a lot of people don't want to be in, but that is the case right now for the Cubs. Now, part of me thinks, and feel free to disagree here, but part of me thinks that we could see this end next year with Joe Madden, and it may not particularly be pretty. I think that the way this season ended, they're not exactly the, – the relationship between Theo and Joe Madden isn't exactly all-time high right now for a number of reasons, and I kind of got that sense, especially after the presser. I think that there are some things that, frankly, Theo Epstein's pretty fed up with, but I think Theo Epstein's also smart enough to realize that this manager has managed them to a World Series and he's the best this team has probably ever had. But 
you know, when there's enough disagreements, and he, even though he said disagreements are good, I think that there could be a point where there's enough disagreements where they may mutually part ways at the end, or maybe Joe will retire. I don't know. There's a whole list of things that he wants to do, including like opening up a restaurant. So, you know, maybe he'll say, okay, I got my ring. I got my money. Time to call it quits. I really don't know. Um, but I will say that I'm not so sure that Joe Mann is going to ever get that extension. I, I don't know what you guys I, think, but that's kind of how I feel. I, I kind of feel the same way because I, uh, w- with him being so close to the end of the contract, I feel like uh, one side, Theo or Joe, I feel like one of the sides would have said something about uh, the future by now. Like I, right. I feel like if, if Joe Madden was really interested in, in being with Chicago for a number of years after his contract, he would have already said so. So I, I don't know that there's necessarily a lot of animosity there, but I do kind of get the impression that he might be ready to move on once it's over, which, you know, you can't blame him. He's got young grandchildren and he's been doing this a long time. I, I could see him retiring after this this next season, mm-hmm. but uh, if he if he does leave the Cubs, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams uh, inquiring on on his availability. Oh, absolutely. Will, what's your opinion on that? Um, yeah, I've I've always been a huge Madden supporter, defender. I mean, you know, I've I've typically given him the benefit of the doubt, but this is kind of a crunch time for the season coming up. Obviously, I mean. On the one hand, I thought Madden did really well, and I've seen people also say that this might be his best managing job considering the losses, the rotation, the Darvish, Chatwood struggling, uh, Chris Bryant's injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Still somehow getting 95 wins out of that team. But, you know, as great as Madden has been and is, and, you know, he does make questionable decisions and all that, um, I do think that, you know, it's kind of like this this season coming up is definitely a performer potentially get out of town sort of situation. He might be ready to move on anyway. I kind of got the same sense that um, I do think him and Theo get along pretty well. I do get the sense that there could be some bit of a underlying, you know, issue or potential issues. But I, I don't know. I, I, I go back to uh, I heard that, you know, I, I, I never heard any confirmation on this, but I had heard that there could potentially was kind of a shot at Joe and, during that presser, Theo, I think, was talking about maybe not Morrow specifically, but maybe injuries or whatever it was. And there seemed there was some like along the media, there was some like I guess uh, they were kind of pointing out that maybe Joe knew not to throw uh, Morrow three days in a row. For instance, going back to the series with the Mets in June, and yeah. you know, shortly after that, Morrow was hurt. So I don't know. If, if, if Joe had directed not to use him, and he did, I could see where that would be an issue. But I do think that if they either don't make the playoffs or they get there and lose, I could see him being gone, whether it's situation as far as, you know, just not bringing him back or if Joe just decides he wants to go on. I think uh, – I don't know if he would retire. I know he's kind of up there in age, but um, I could see him wanting to go somewhere else maybe. I mean, I, I joke about this, but uh, – the Nationals will be on their second year with Davey Martinez, and we know they fire a manager every two years. And I'm not saying Martinez is in trouble or anything, but let's say they decide to make a change and Madden's available. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he went somewhere like that, a team that kind of is propped up to win. And I think as a joke, it would be funny if the White Sox decided with Renneria, you know, kind of like the Cubs. 
I can't see that really happening again, but I mean, who knows? I always had that weird vision of Joe Madden one day going cross town and managing the White Sox when they're in contention. That would be kind of interesting. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that would be something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be, it would be, it would be cool for Renneria, but it would be just crazy ironic if that happened. Oh yeah, no doubt. But yeah, I mean, first again, we have to see what happens this year and you know, maybe they'll be more on the same page for next year because this was really Theo Epstein's chance to kind of air some of the disagreements that he had, and maybe they'll find a common ground. Uh, maybe Joe say like, all right, you know, Sundays will you know, do lineups differently and I guess quote, take it more seriously, however you want to put it. But you know what I mean when I say that, what I'm referencing to, and then maybe Epstein will be like, all right, this, this, and this, you do whatever you think is necessary, but I'd like you to have this philosophy and do this, you know, maybe find a common yeah. ground. There's going to be right. a lot of discussion, I feel like, over this offseason between the two. Because they know how disappointing the ending of this past season was, they're going to want to do everything they can to really try to fix things and make things work better next year. Because let's face it, going into 2017, you just won the World Series, and you're like, what do we have to talk about? Do your thing. We just won the World Series. Now it's a little different. Things are a little different yeah. now, and they're going to want to get back to that. So that's yeah, exactly. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's kind of like I was saying. It's kind of like a put up or shut up season, really. I mean, you know, you're two years removed from the title, and you've got to be, you know, everybody wants to see another deep run, and this is kind of the year they got to really show up and do it. You know, this is kind of funny. I know, William, you're a Blue Jackets fan, and Adam, you don't follow hockey, but for many of the listeners who are Cubs fans are probably Blackhawks fans, and I have often drawn a lot of parallels to the way the Blackhawks built you know, their core and then won their championships and how the Cubs built their core and won their World Series. A lot of similar parallels. And after that first championship, there were two disappointing years afterwards where they made the playoffs, but they didn't go anywhere. And... Just like right now, where the seat under Madden, I'm I'm not saying it's hot, but there's at least a little bit of a boil after the way things ended this year, and at least maybe some talk about the future. It was kind of the same thing with Joel Quenville, too. But after the two years of the championship, that put-up, shut-up year, they were the best team in the league, and they won the championship. Could the same kind of pattern continue with the Cubs? That's going to be something kind of interesting to think about. Um, Again, I know you guys don't follow the Hawks like I do, but it's just something I constantly think about. Oh, I can see that for sure. I mean, I do do sort of follow the Hawks on the side of Columbus, but uh, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I remember the Hawks, not not going to go too deep in the hockey, but just I remember the first run exit the year after, and then I'm trying to remember all their playoff years in between the Cups. But, uh, yeah, I mean – Maybe the Cubs follow that same model. I mean, they're two years removed. They're going into a huge off season. Big time players are available. There's kind of a specific, uh, you know, mentality. I think is really in place. And yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, the last thought I had on Madden really quick was this. Let's say we go into next year and 
things are going not terrible, but just kind of meh. Like the first half of 2017, meh, where it was barely 500. Mm-hmm. I don't think there would be a case where Madden would be fired unless it was really, really bad. But if it was that kind of situation, do you think that the Cubs would just kind of say, you know what, let him finish out his year and then we're going to move on no matter what? I don't know, what's your guys' thought on that, Adam? Uh, I don't. I don't think he should. No, I, I think it would be a, a big mistake. You know, he he got him to this this point of being competitive again. Well, I guess Co did too. But and and they all have a good relationship with each other. I'm talking about the players with Madden. So the, I I right. think it would be a mistake. Will, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, going into 2018, there's a huge expectation, obviously. Unless the Cubs either get off to a terrible, terrible start or they just go through some sort of, you know, and, and I think they'd have to go through an awful, awful stretch to where they're barely or be not in contention. And then, you know, yeah, maybe Madden does get fired. Maybe other things start to come out. I don't think he does get fired. I don't want him to get fired. My projection is that they're, at least, I mean, I can't, I, obviously, I think there'll be a playoff team next year, but that's. You know, who knows what's going to happen between now and then with them and other teams. But they're at least going to be in the picture no matter what I would say. And so I think it would have to be an extreme measure for them to not even be in the in the race and for them to make a change like that. But I would not think that Madden would be fired. And, you know, if they get off to a weird start and it looks bleak, but they somehow make it into the playoffs and make a run, that could change minds too. If, even if they did already sure. make up their mind and they were sure. something. So. Um, I don't know. I, I would think that if there's any, like, under-the-radar uh, issues going on between Theo and Madden and they got off to a really weird, bad start, that could make it, you know, blow up. But I think also it was worth mentioning, like, what he said about the players. You know, they do get along well. They all seem to really love Joe. So that's got to be taken into account, obviously. And uh, Theo is smart. He's calculated. He knows the barometer of the situation, I think. So, I mean... I don't know. Obviously, players are always going to defend their guys. And even with Chile, I mean, I heard Rizzo defend him and say, hey, it's the players that got to hit. But I think it's a situation where he would get fired unless just, you know, they get off to a terrible start or things just fall apart somehow. Yeah, I think you said it best. And in terms of whoever would be the next manager, I'm really not there to think about it yet. The one thing I will say is, there is a lot of, oh, why not David Ross? Why not Mark DeRosa? If you're, if you're asking me, I think it's very dangerous to have a contending team hire a manager with zero experience. I mean, remember all the years we wanted Ryan Sandberg to be manager, and he made it as a manager with the Phillies after pretty much being, quote-unquote, groomed in the farm system, and things never worked out, and he never managed again. I wouldn't mind one of those guys as a bench coach. I think they'd be great bench coaches. But if you're looking for a manager, this team needs someone with experience. That's that's my take. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, too, that it would be a mistake because, A, they don't have coaching experience. And obviously, today's game, you see a lot of players, former players becoming managers and coaches and all that. But 
I would not. Everybody, I mean, I've seen people say, oh, it would be great if David Ross was a hitting coach. And I'm not saying he couldn't be the hitting coach or he wouldn't be good at it, but there's nothing to suggest that, you know, I would go with other options first just because, sure. you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, he was great with the players or he was great and beloved. Well, like you said about Sandberg, everybody wanted Sandberg. And I, I don't remember who said this or where I heard this, but a long time ago I remember hearing, like, and it may have been Sandberg or it may have just been a similar situation, but it was like it would be kind of a bad thing if a beloved former player took over and failed and then the last memory of them is, you know, failing at that, as that you know, that capacity of being a manager or whatever, you know, you want to, you don't want to, you know, if Sandberg had failed as a Cubs manager, I'm not saying that he would have ruined his reputation or legacy there, but, and, you know, years later after he was, you know, gone and then they won the World Series anyway, you forget about the bad times maybe, but, you know, when you think of Sandberg today, you don't really think of him as a Phillies manager, at least in Chicago. You think of him as a Hall of Fame second baseman with the Cubs back in the day and, you know, kind of being the ambassador of what he is with the Cubs now, but, yeah, I, I don't think I, – I think DeRosa and uh, Ross, I like them both. I like them both as players. I think they could probably be a good uh, future coach or maybe a manager down the road. But at least right now, I would – I also think it would be dangerous to even bring in, uh, say, David Ross, the bench coach right now, because if Maddie gets off to a bad start, or even if he doesn't, you're going to have that supposed potential distraction like, oh, just fire Madden and make the Ross manager or something like that, you know just kind of like ignore the conversation before it could even start kind of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, you and I pretty much see it pretty much a similar way. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I I agree. I don't think the Chicago Cubs should be a a trial job for anybody. I, I, especially at this point, I really don't believe that you bring in a first time manager uh, to, to lead a group in contention. I completely agree with that. Um, I would love to see them bring in somebody like David Ross as a coach in some capacity. I I really mm-hmm. think that you know, even though he was with the team for such a short time, as far as his career is concerned, he he seemed to enjoy his time there more than any other place. I don't know necessarily that that's true, but he he still seems to have an active rooting interest in the Cubs more so than the Red Sox, I would say. Uh, so I think it would be a good move for the Cubs to bring him in uh, in some sort of role. And then maybe down the road he gets a managerial position somewhere else. And and who knows, maybe he winds up back with the Cubs. But, yeah, I I don't think that Chicago should be a first-time job for anybody right now. Right. I mean, you're trying to contend for a World Series down the road. If you were rebuilding, that's one thing. I mean – they experimented with Dale Swain, for goodness sake, at the beginning of their rebuild, and then Rick Renteria. That was more of a time to do it. Now is not the time to do it. So, yeah, I'm right uh, with you guys there. Uh, so I think that pretty much wraps up our talk on Madden. Uh, quickly, before we get to our little game, which we're going to put Adam on the spot because he's in charge of games, uh, so get ready for that. World Series, Red Sox, Dodgers. I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Dodgers won in game seven. They beat the Brewers five to one. Um, I know a lot of Cubs fans are rooting for LA in that series. As for the world series, everyone just kind of seems to be tossing it up on who they want to win. Uh, my personal pick is Red Sox and six. Who do you guys have? Um, Adam, you can go first if you want. 
No, I was hoping you would so I could cheat off you, but right. I guess right. I'll, I'll just cheat off Alex though. Uh, okay. I, I also I also think it's gonna be. I also think it's going to be Red Sox in six. I think their lineup is just more complete. I think their pitching is a little better. Um, and it, to be honest with you, I'm just glad it ended up being Red Sox Dodgers because Red Sox Brewers would have been really, really lame. Just the Brewers in the World Series would have been stupid, and nobody would have liked that. I don't even think most Milwaukee residents would have liked that. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I know Milwaukee would have loved it. But uh, anyway, I'll say this. Um, to me, six games is a pretty safe bet, a safe number. I think it's easy to say any series can almost get six games. But uh, I'm actually going to switch it up and say Red Sox in five just because I think they'll win tonight. Um, and if they win tonight, and I don't know. I mean, LA could go out, you know, could go back home and win one or two for sure. But I think if the Red Sox win the night, that they go ahead and just pretty much whether it's Friday or Saturday, um, win one of those games, win that other game, and then just bring it home and win it in five. I don't know. I just think that, you know, Boston is pretty obviously pretty strong. They're the, strong, they're the best team in baseball all year pretty much. Uh, I don't know. I, I, tar- I think the Dodgers give them a better series than Milwaukee was going to. And, I mean, that's not taking anything away from Milwaukee. It's just the fact that I don't know how they were going to do it with their rotation or lack thereof, really. Um, Boston has just been able to overcome even their own shortcomings, if there are any. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and also, even though I'm not huge into the Boston Dodgers, it's the, you know that series itself, it's kind of cool for baseball, I guess, to have that Boston-L.A. Um, yeah, that kind of series of like historical franchises. So it's cool in that regard. But yeah, I'm just going to go with Sox and Five. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, some people are saying, oh, the Red Sox are going to uh, sweep. I don't think there's any chance the Red Sox sweep. No Even if they're as no. good as they are, the Dodgers are no way going to lose all four games in this series. They're too good of a team to get swept. But yeah, I just think Boston's the better team. So yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are picking Boston, but. If the Dodgers found a way to win this series, would I be completely surprised? Of course not, because they are right. a good team. Now, I got to say, that was a pretty good NLCS. Obviously, every time a series goes seven, it's a pretty good series. But I think one thing is for sure, that Brewers bullpen was worked so hard that eventually you knew it was going to falter a bit, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you looked at a number of those games – they were bullpen games. Wayne Miley threw one pitch in one game, or one batter, I should say, and then was taken out. I, I thought that was like, wow. And people can say, oh, Craig Council is a genius because he used him later. I mean, technically, yeah, but that bullpen was just worked to death. I mean, in the rotation doesn't match up with like a Boston rotation, for instance. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I would be I would not be surprised for the Dodgers, I mean, a little bit. But, yeah, I, I could see L.A. somehow, you know, pulling it off. But I think Boston will definitely probably win it. But, um, yeah, a Boston-Milwaukee series would have been like 07 for me as far as the Red Sox and the Rockies because, the, you know, the Rockies pretty much ran the table, won like 20 out of 21 or something, and then just got yep. swept. And that's kind of how I thought Milwaukee was going to do. I mean, not – you know, it's just a competition. Boston has just been out of their mind this year. And just, you know, I, I just thought Milwaukee was a nice – I mean, 
in baseball circles, Milwaukee was a nice story, but um, yeah, I just didn't no, see like, them. I know, yeah, I know, but it was stupid. Try, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to be unbiased, but yeah, but that's why I said <laughs> in baseball circles. But, Adam doesn't um, hold back, right? But uh, no, I agree. But um, in general, you know, they're I give them their due, but I did definitely, I definitely saw them, you know, pretty much getting swept or at least maybe losing in five to. To uh, Boston. And, yeah, Dodgers, maybe it does go six. But since you guys went six, I'll say five. That's completely fair. All right, Adam, you're on the spot now. Lights on All you. Right. Microphone. Yeah. What's the game? So the game is I'm going to go to the bathroom and you two make up the game. All right? How do you no? play? Okay. So – yeah, so since you're putting me on the spot, I couldn't come up with anything too creative, but I'll moderate this one. It's going to be really simple. I'm going to say uh, a stat category, and you two guys tell me which guy on the team is going to be the leader of that category okay. next year. Okay? Ooh, I like it. All right, so we'll we'll start simple, uh, batting average. Alex, you go, you ahead, go first. Yeah, you go ahead. Batting average? Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a good good question. Um, I'm going to go with Ben Zobrist. I think he can have another good year, and he's the kind of guy that can't hit for an average. I mean, Rizzo will hit for a solid average. Bryant will hit for a solid average, but they're going to be more OBP. Javi will probably be around 280. Uh the only other one I'd maybe choose is Albert Almora on the current team. But, yeah, I'd probably have to go with Ben Zobrist. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree in the sense that Zobrist would be the kind of guy that could do that, assuming he kind of replicates this season. And I think he's more of what he was in 2018 than he was, obviously, in 17. I mean, that was kind of an outlier of the, injury, outlier of the injuries. But assuming Almora is still on the team or, um, yeah, for me, I think Alex mentioned the three names that would probably be first on my mind, which is Amora, Zobris, or Baez. I wonder if Baez continues to trend upward. Um, so I think I'm actually going to go Baez. I'm going to predict that not only does he keep his trend going upward, but he continues to kind of you know improve. Um, Zobris was first on my mind, but I'll go Baez. Interesting. Okay. I, I know I said I wasn't going to uh, give my input on this, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised by the Zobrist thing. You know, I know he was uncharacteristically bad in 2017, but I mean yeah. he's never really been a, a 300 hitter throughout his career, and he's had a long first career. time, I think. Yeah, first yeah, time. Yeah, so, so so I I mean I could see him I could see him having the highest he's average so, again, but I I really wouldn't so bank consistent. on it. Yeah. Yeah. The thing with me is is that there's not a lot of high average hitters on this team. No, no. I but if you've got a healthy Chris Bryant, I think he is the closest thing you've got on this team to like a surefire two ninety, two ninety five ish hitter. Yeah, he'll be up there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I can see that. So let's uh, let's switch over to the pitchers now, and uh, let's go with wins. Just, just to make the millennials mad because they, they, they just the win stat really covers them. Well, the win stat is stupid. Yeah. See, I've made my point. 
It's stupid, well, but – Will, you go first. You risk disqualification if you do not answer. Um. All right, so we know the win stat doesn't really mean much, but I'm going to say – It does more in line with my. Well, yeah, I was going to say this falls more in line with my thinking in general of a certain pitcher, and I've been high on this guy pretty much since, what, 15? Um, you know, as great as Lester is, and he very well could be in that conversation again next year, I'm going to go with Kyle Hendricks just because I continue to think of him as like an ace. He got off to such a rocky, you know, first half now in the last two seasons, whether for injury or mechanically or whatever, but he always finds a way to, to round it out, and I think this year we'll get off to a strong start, uh, or next year, I guess now, we'll get off to a strong start. I think Hendricks uh, definitely be that guy. I mean, we see what he can do when he's on. If he can just do that for a full season, yeah, there's no question he could be that guy. You know, I was going to say Kyle Hendricks as well, but just to be a little different, and this is assuming they do indeed bring him back, but if they bring Cole Hamels back, I'm going to go with Cole Hamels because I think he'll have another good season, and I also think he'll get plenty of run support, so I'm going to go Cole Hamels. Yeah. All right, interesting, interesting. Uh, let's uh, let's do stolen bases now. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I gotta go, Javi. I think yeah. it's pretty obvious for me. Yeah, I think that's yeah, probably the, the easy pick. Yeah. Definitely biased. All right, that that was a that was a nice quick one. Let's do a a little bit of a tougher one: home runs. I'm going to give that to KB. I think he's really going to bounce back next year. His shoulder is going to be healthy, and he is going to reach nearly 40 next year. Give me give me 35 to 40 from him. Because remember, in his MVP year, he hit, what, 39? He just missed out on 40? Yeah. Expect yeah. another that kind of season if Chris Bryant's shoulder is truly healthy. Um. All right. So this is despite kind of my own – thought on these guys, but if they do bring in a guy like Harper or Machado, they're instantly in that conversation, obviously, but oh, of course. going with going, yeah, going with who we know for sure, um, I'm going to go Rizzo. I mean, Bryant's obviously, if he's healthy, he's, just, he's right up there, but I kind of want to see how Bryant plays out, even if he is healthy. I want to see if he is that home run guy from 16, which I think they need him to, they don't need him to be necessarily a home run guy, but they need him to be 16 Bryant, obviously. The MVP type kind of Chris Bryant, um, and he was, he was even he was technically even better in seventeen, obviously. But um, I don't know if he's going to be that power guy exactly. If he's healthy, the wind's blowing out. He's obviously a candidate for sure. I'll go Rizzo just because you know he's Mister. He's also Mister Consistent, right up there with a guy like Zobris who was this year getting all these. Absolutely. Okay, so maybe that one wasn't so tough. This one I think is tougher. Uh, strikeouts. For the hitters, who's going to strike out the most? Okay. Do you want me to go first or you, Adam? Or uh, Alex? You go ahead, Will. Well, so this might kind of contradict myself when I said Baez would be um, highest batting average. So I hmm, got to think. Um, So I'm trying to think. Because it wasn't biased, like, was he uh, number one in strikeouts on the team last year or pretty up, pretty high up there, right? I would assume he was. 
Yeah, I'm not looking at numbers right now. Um, okay, well, if I'm going to say that Baez would be a guy that could have the best batting average, then I don't think he would have the highest strikeout total. You know what? You go first. I got to think about this now. I got to think about this roster. See, for me, I think Javi's pretty much my go-to for this sort of thing because he's going to be playing every day, and no matter how good he's hitting the ball, which he has been, he's still going to strike out a lot. Like, that's just that's just yeah. who he is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's hard not – I think he could be that rare guy that can actually – be uh, I mean, he did a lot pretty much of this year, being I don't know what he was exactly in the end, 290 ish, but he was in the 290s, like said, OBP about 330. Yeah, like this team is not, they don't have a, like a bunch of 330, 320 type hitters, but they got a guy, you know, a bunch of guys who can hit 280s, 290s. Yeah, bias, yeah, he could strike out what 160 times or more and still probably at 290 and lead the team in both categories. So I guess, yeah, oh, I guess bias would be like would be that go-to. All right. Alex? Yes? Oh, you already went, didn't you? I was going to say, I already answered. You dweeb kebab. Hey, I'm a rookie moderator here, all right? Cut me some slack, (laughs) please. Let's uh, let's do ERA. Go back to the pitchers. And for the starters, uh, not the bullpen. Starters, starters. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one, DRA. that one, I got to go Kyle Hendricks. Agree, yeah. I agree. I mean, okay, I'll say either Hendricks for sure, and then probably if he comes back, uh, I was going to say Hamels, but I think Hendricks either way. Who's going to have the highest DRA of the starters? Okay. You go ahead, Alex. Um... I think it's between Darvish and Quintana. I I really like both those guys, but Darvish is going to need to prove to come back fully healthy next year. Um, So we'll see how that goes, especially missing most of this year. And Quintana, he'll still be, I think, overall a solid pitcher, but I don't think his ERA is going to be lower than Kyle Hendricks or Cole Hamels or potentially John Lester. I think that the person, if every pitcher is healthy and doing what they can do, the lowest ERA or the highest ERA, I should say, won't necessarily be bad, but it'll just be higher than everyone else's. So I think if everything goes right, you could see Quintana have an upper three ERA, but it would be the highest or maybe around four okay. like this year. Okay. So I'll go Quintana. Uh... So I, I agree, Quintana, Darvish. Well, I, I agree that Quintana could be that guy to kind of be in the forward. So I'm going to be positive again and say that Quintana continues to get better or finds that extra gear. I mean, he he's one of those guys that's going to be forever linked to Eloy and what they gave up and what, how they valued until he, you know, unless they win the World Series with Quintana or he plays a huge part somehow. But anyway, I'll say Quintana improves or continues to improve. I was kind of thinking initially of this question, Lester, only because not not the highest, I guess not the highest, but I could see him being in the mid threes. But he's getting older. But yeah, he's getting older. Let's say you know he has any kind of health issues. But uh, yeah, when you say Quintana, he's kind of a no brainer. But I, I, without saying Quintana for sure, I mean, 
I would say before Lester or Hendricks, or obviously not Hendricks, but before like Lester, I would think either Quintana, potentially Darvish, because he is coming back. You you know he's ideally going to be uh, healthy for by opening day. But I also want to know whether it's going to be Chatwood, whether it's going to be Drew Smiley, who probably would be in the bullpen. Um, whoever rounds out that rotation, I mean, if Chatwood could even be in the rotation, you know, he could be that guy for all we know. I, I think, though, for guys that we know will be there for sure, I would take Antana, though. Okay, this this is going to make Alex mad, but I think it's going to be Hamels. I think he's going to be like four and a half, four six next year. He mid threes. I wouldn't say mid fours, but maybe mid three, maybe close to four. Maybe, but I think he'll be better than that. We shall I think, see. Uh, I we think Hamels will be a three six next year, three point six around there. I think he could yeah, be. That's what I'd like to I, see. I, I just have this feeling though that like he, he's going to pitch more like the guy he was his last few starts with the Cubs. But yeah, see, I mean, everyone, everyone gives some crap about the end of the year. He, to me, I only saw one really bad start from him. What were the other Arizona. bad moments? They, right, that's the only one I'm referring to. All what, of them. What else was all really of them bad with from Texas him? too? I uh, no. See, okay, I think with Hamels, um, I, I think that he had. Okay, I think it was after Arizona, or maybe it was right. Oh, I remember now. I was at that game in D.C. and This might have been right before Arizona or two starts before Arizona. I was at the game in D.C. They had a stupid whole, the rainy, the whole rainy weekend. It was a doubleheader. The game, the handle start, it was supposed to be, game one was supposed to start at, like, I think 3 o'clock. Didn't get started until 5. Game two didn't get started until 9. Yeah. It was already a crazy night. And, I mean, he started out okay. I think it was, like, 5, 4, 5, nothing. He was walking players. Uh, he admitted, you know, he, his strategy with Harper didn't play out, or play out too well. But he was okay, and then it kind of fell off, fell on him a little bit. Um, obviously, the Arizona start was bad. I think there was a few starts or eight starts after that game where he looked shaky but was able to kind of be like Lester and battle it out. And he, in the end, he only gave up like a run or two, just didn't get any run support. So I feel like, you know, People might remember the fact that he didn't go six innings and give up two hits and one run, and that he grinded it out a little bit more. You know, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think Arizona was the really the only one that's really bad, and I don't really consider Texas in the equation just because it was Texas, it was the American League, it was that stadium. There's too many factors. He was too good. At and that was a string of trade. bad starts. You got to remember that too. Hamels had a lot of good starts in Texas, but he had just a string of really bad starts that overblew everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to. Now, for a full season, yeah, you wonder if he's going to be more like Chicago or more like Texas. I think it's going to be somewhere in between and more towards Chicago as far as if he's in the National League. I think he'll be that kind of pitcher more so than he was in Texas. But yeah, I mean. He'll have some starts. Like everybody will go through those periods, and you just kind of see which one plays out or which one kind of wins out between the good and the bad. Yeah, there you go. I hate to cut this game short, but surprisingly, we are already pretty much out of time. Time flies when you're having mediocre fun, and that's what I have with Adam on this show every week. Just kidding. I always have fun here. Well, it's here, so I was able yeah, to bring. I do my best. <laughs> Well, uh, Will, thanks for coming on. It was really good having you. Uh, hope to talk to you again sometime. 
Yeah, it was fun. I would, I would do it again. Cool, cool. And uh, Adam, as usual, thanks for being my co-host. And really good idea with the game. I thought that was a good game. Let's continue this game on another show because I think there are a lot of statistical areas we could talk about. All right. Sounds good. Cool beans. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope to have more Cubs news for you as the weeks go on. I know the offseason at times can be kind of slow, but we will get to there. There was a topic I wanted to talk about that I kind of forgot about, but save it for next week. We will talk about it next week. So he's Will. He's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night. Talk to you later. Today, I will not stress over the things I cannot control. If you live with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health is here to help you manage your symptoms so you can live your best life. Visit eehealth.org anxiety, and our experts will connect you with treatment in your area, including our location in Hinsdale. Help for anxiety and depression close to home. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health. Today, I will not stress over the things I cannot control. If you live with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health is here to help you manage your symptoms so you can live your best life. Visit eehealth.org anxiety, and our experts will connect you with treatment in your area, including our location in Hinsdale. Help for anxiety and depression close to home. Linden Oaks Behavioral Health.